0: I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of James, chapter 3. We're going to read the whole chapter, because uh, while it's a long reading, it's a much-needed reading, and um, I've been building up to this passage. Most people begin here when we talk about how it is to to bring this tongue under control, and uh, the consequences of not doing it, and the blessings that come when we learn how to surrender ...our tongue to the Holy Spirit. It's where most people start, but I've been building up to it. And this is strong reading today. So let's open our heart and be ready for God to speak to you. James chapter 3, the entire chapter. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers... ...knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment... For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body... And sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison, with it... We bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a... Grapevine bear figs, thus no spring yields both salt and fresh, salt water and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where evil and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. That's powerful. You have an instrument capable of producing life, of communicating life, setting the course of your life in the direction of life. But that same instrument can be used to harm and damage and bring death. And like, as we've just read, like a rudder, which is a small part of a very, very big boat, that small rudder directs the whole direction of the the boat. So your tongue will direct the whole course of your life. And out of your mouth can flow blessing. Blessing. Good things. Speaking good things. And when you speak good things in the power of the Holy Spirit especially if those good things are lined up with the revelation of God's word, when God's word is on your mouth for blessing under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, not only do you say good things, but you impart good things. You effect good things. You effect the well-being of those around you when you learn how to bless. But in the same way, when you speak evil... You are inviting the demonic to come along and attach its power to your evil words... ...so that your words can be a curse over the lives of other people. So powerful is this. So serious is this that we can say today... ...blessing or cursing, it's a choice we have to make. In James chapter 3, verse 2, it says we stumble in many, many ways. But if anyone does not stumble in their word... He's like a perfect man able to bridle the whole body. So this will give us a good reason to focus um, in this final message on how to use this tongue to bring about good things in our lives and good things in the lives of of other people because if we had our tongue under total control, we would be perfect and we need to grow to that kind of maturity. So we need to focus much, much more on this, our mouth, our tongue, what we say, and guard it and protect it, because it is a test of our spirituality and a way of targeting how we can grow in Christ. Verse 6 says, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, and it's set among our members in such a way that our words can defile a whole body. What we say can affect everything else about us. It's set ...on fire the course of nature. In other words, the way that we speak will direct our life... ...either according to the natural, the earthly, the sensual, the the demonic... ...or it can set our course into the realm of the spiritual... ...into the realm of blessing and destiny. Amen and amen. So what are the signs of a spirit-controlled life? Surely when your tongue is under the control of of this Holy Spirit your whole life comes under His control. When you learn to speak under the direction of the Holy Spirit, your mind is under the control of the Spirit. When you learn to control your mind and and your speech, your emotions become Spirit-filled emotions. And the very will is directed by your tongue, just as the, the pilot who's piloting a ship makes the decision which way to go and then directs the rudder in the right direction and in the right setting. So the whole of your life, the whole of your will is directed by what you say, your thoughts, your attitudes and behaviors. When your tongue comes under the control of the Holy Spirit, the whole of your personality is under the control of the Holy Spirit. And this fact is actually confirmed by neurologists. Neurological science tells us that the center of speech in the brain is a very powerful and dominant center of the brain. I believe that's why speaking in tongues is one of the first fruits of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when you're speaking in tongues, your tongue is under the control of the Holy Spirit. Many people have examined this and speak about examples of when People are speaking in tongues and they are speaking a language that can be heard and understood. At other times, when we are speaking in tongues, it seems as if the Holy Spirit is operating in a deep dimension of our human personality. So our human spirit is communicating in words as the Holy Spirit directs us. But either way, when the tongue is under the control of the Holy Spirit, it is a sign of a Spirit-filled life. And also, a a Spirit-controlled speech must be the summit of a Spirit-controlled life. If your tongue comes fully under the control of the Holy Spirit, you can plant a flag because you have just arrived at the top of Mount Everest in the life of holiness and spirituality. This series has been entitled, What Would Jesus Say? Playing on that WWJD bracelet that that is very, very popular. What would Jesus do? We ought to also ask, what would Jesus say in any situation? How would Jesus respond? What would he say? It's so important. and I got to remind myself because verse 1 says that those who teach the word of God, they're going to be judged with, with stricter judgment. I see a lot of people's heads nodding there. And it really is an awesome thing to realize that those who are called to bring God's Word to be preachers and teachers cannot allow the words to be negative or destructive. It's always a heart issue. It's a his- issue of the character. But um, I'm, I'm reminding myself, as, as we all do as teachers of the Word of God, that this is very relevant for our lives. But nobody is off the hook today. Because for all believers, it's what you say that will determine how you grow in your life of Christ-likeness. Now we've been emphasizing, I'll do it again today, that there is a heart-mouth connection. Your tongue is a servant of your heart. And so where you want to direct your heart is how you will use your tongue... The Bible says, in fact, Jesus says that the tongue is the overflow of the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We see from James that your tongue sets the direction of your life. So if you want to go in a direction that is honoring God, glorifying God, then you set this rudder in that right direction. And you say, tongue, this is where you're going to go this is how you're going to speak and when you speak the whole of your life is directed in the right direction if you're speaking those words that God gives you over your life the heart of course is the center of everything that's why we must guard our heart when we set our heart on the right things the tongue will follow that's why we need to cleanse our hearts our hearts need to be purified a purified heart will bring forth pure words A healed heart will bring forth wholesome words... ...dealing with hurt and anger and bitterness and resentment and jealousy and malice. So this is why the tongue is so important. Now we were talking about blessing and cursing. The tongue can either be used to bless. The word bless means to speak well, to speak well, to speak good things... And when you're blessing somebody you're speaking good things and it's always better to hear good things than bad things is that not right but it's more than just saying something there's power here the power of life and death is in the tongue and when you learn to speak good things especially as the holy spirit is on you and in you and flowing in your life... and you're speaking God's word and, and biblically consistent words... you are not just saying good things, but you are imparting good things. You are blessing good things by your blessing. And you know, this is very much part of the priestly ministry. Then if you remember, way back in Numbers chapter 6... when God gives the priestly blessing, and God says to Moses... In Numbers chapter 6, verse 22, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. (coughs) Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel. And I will bless them. You see the power of that? The power of the priestly ministry? The priests had the power to bless. And the words that they spoke in blessing, God would hear... And he says, when you do this, you are putting my name upon them. You're not just telling them my name. You are putting it on them, and I will bless them. This is the power of blessing. The anointing of the Holy Spirit on your life is transmitted through the words that God gives you. And when you speak spirit-filled words of blessing, God hears and brings it about. How powerful is that? And in the New Testament, we are all priests, and we must learn to bless one another. We are called to be blessed and called to bless, not to curse, not to bring harm. Cursing actually belongs to the kingdom of darkness, and we should have nothing to do with it. In fact, walking in the Spirit, we are immune from the devil's curses. How can... The devil curse those whom God has blessed. So we have nothing to do with it. You know, when we speak evil, we are inviting demonic spirits and the forces of evil to come and attach that power to our words to bring about disaster in the lives of other people. No wonder James says, It ought not to be like this. We are called to bless not to curse. Hallelujah. And when we speak, we set our lives in the direction that we speak into. If we speak into the direction of blessing, what comes? Blessing. If we speak righteousness, what comes? Righteousness. If we speak reward and blessing and destiny and purpose and prosperity and joy, we actually Bring it about through our words. It's not magic. It is the way God operates. Because His words are spirit and life. Hallelujah. So where does all this flow from? It flows from here. This is the reservoir. That's why in verses 13 through 18, James is saying, if you want to do this, if you want to bring this under control, bring this tongue under control, watch watch your motives. Watch your motives. Have you ever asked yourself... Why did I say that? Or more often as we are a little bit better at discerning this when other people are doing something they shouldn't be doing or saying something they shouldn't be saying, somebody says something, you think, why did they say that? Why do they say that? And what you're talking about is what's their motives? You see, wicked words flow from wicked motivations. So let's tame the tongue. Let's tame the tongue. Okay, I've got some bad news for you today and some good news. I'm going to begin with the bad news. Are you ready with the bad news? Okay. How do you tame the tongue? First of all, bad news, you can't. You can't. It's impossible. We can tame everything else, but the Bible says no man can tame the tongue. We have an untameable tongue. But what's the good news? What we can't do, God can do. That's the good news. The Holy Spirit can tame your tongue. You can't do it in your own strength. You've got to say, Holy Spirit, help me tame my tongue. It's not humanly possible, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, it is possible. Let me explain how this happens. Jesus taught this in Matthew chapter 12, and uh, he is addressing... A bunch of religious people. And uh, I tell you what, they ain't... Religious people are the worst bad talkers on the planet. Thank you, brother. (laughs) They they really are. You get around religious people, they are the biggest bad mouthers on the planet. And, and, and the, Jesus suffered from that. The effects of the religious people. And Jesus spoke so strongly against the religious spirit of his age. And now he's in the middle of this flow. That's what he says in Matthew 12, verses 33 to verse 35. He's explaining why, where all this bad stuff comes from. He says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. What he's basically saying is that a good tree brings forth good fruit. A bad tree brings forth bad fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. So he goes on to say... Verse 34, hear it. Are you ready for it? Brood of vipers. He's saying, I find myself in the midst of a bunch of poisonous snakes. Poison under their tongue. How can you, being evil, speak good things? No wonder you're criticizing me, Jesus says. No wonder you are opposing me. No wonder you are bad-mouthing me because you are rooted in evil And and, and the evil root is bringing forth evil fruit. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. What is Jesus teaching here? He's saying it's not enough to be religious, you need to be born again. That's what he's saying. You need a new heart. And being born again means that Jesus takes away that old, evil, corrupt heart and places instead of it a new heart. Puts a new spirit, a new heart. And we have that new heart if we're born again. Thank God. I'll say it again. We have that new heart if we're born again. And if you're not born again today... If you have never met Christ, if if Christ has never entered your heart, if you've never had that divine heart transplant, you can have open heart surgery right here and now. The Holy Spirit supernaturally. You won't even need an anesthetic. He will do it in a moment. If you say, Jesus, take away that old bad heart of mine and give me a new heart. I need a new heart, a new spirit. Jesus, come into my life and make me new from the inside out. You pray that prayer right here and now, and you are born again. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But notice James is speaking to born-again people, and he's showing them how inconsistent it is. He says, how can a stream bring forth pure, fresh water and bitter water out of the same opening? How can it be? How can it be? He said, don't let it happen. This is totally inconsistent. Now, we know that there's a lot of inconsistency. In our lives as believers, it's a sad fact, but it is a fact. We don't always do what we should be doing. Is that right? Anybody ever had that problem? And we don't always say what we should be saying. So how do we correct it? What's happening here? Not only do we need a regenerated heart, a new heart, we need a healed heart. Why is it that some people who know Jesus, stuff comes out of their mouth which is full of malice and hatred and bitterness and jealousy? Well, they need a healing. They need a healing in their heart. Amen and amen. Why is it that that people hurt one another? Why is it? You see, very often when people are speaking hurtful, harmful words, they have a hurted heart. Hurt people hurt people. And so we need to pause for a minute and say, Dear God, I need a healing inside me. In our in, in weekend encounters, people go away, we focus a lot on healing the heart. You don't have to live very long on this planet before somebody hurts you. Today's Father's Day. Many of us have been hurt by the curse-like pronouncements that have come from the hurting hearts of our fathers. who have spoken bad stuff about it. You'll never amount to anything. Get out of my sight. You disgust me. Or sometimes the biggest hurt of all is when you don't even count, they don't even notice you, and they're, or they're not even there. Thank God something is happening in our society. I saw a report on the news saying that compared to a generation ago, fathers are spending seven times more time with their kids than they did a generation ago. Could it be that God is pouring out a new spirit of fatherhood? How much do we need that? And it's not just fathers, mothers, significant others in your life, school teachers, people with with authority, speaking over your life, curse-like pronouncements, hurting you, rejecting you, and deep in your heart, you're suffering. It's very hard for an unhealed heart to produce wholesome talk. Usually, we struggle with it negative, destructive words because we're damaged on the inside. There is a beautiful anointing available from the Holy Spirit. Even here today, as you open your heart for Jesus to come in and bring a healing, an inner healing, so that your heart is healed and out of a whole healed heart, you can speak words which bless and which build up. But also we need to be focused. The Bible speaks about saying, focus, focus on Christ. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Set your affection, set your heart on Christ, which is your true life because your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so the more we set our heart and our affection on on Christ and, and, and who we are in Him, then, then our lives are going to begin to pour forth words of praise and blessing and direction and glory, which will set us in that direction. So we need a new heart, we need a healed heart, and we need a focused heart. And um, this this happens really through God's Word and God's Spirit. I want you to have a look at two scriptures that are going to come up on the screen, Colossians three sixteen, and then Ephesians 5, verses 18 to 19. Now, Both the book of Colossians and the book of Ephesians was written by Paul while he was in prison. And his circumstances weren't very pleasant, you know, and you're in prison, and your liberty has been taken away from you. And He used it as a glorious opportunity to say, thank God I can catch up with my correspondence. And so he begins to write these beautiful letters. Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians came out of this time in prison, and um, there are many similarities between these books... especially Colossians and Ephesians... ...written about the same kind of time... ...and, and he says many things which are very similar. He says things which are identical... ...can be paralleled in these different passages... ...and he says the same things somehow in a slightly different way. But every time he speaks, it's something significant. Now, in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 16 he emphasizes being filled with the Word. And then in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 to 19, he emphasizes being filled with the Spirit. But I want you to notice as you read these two passages that the effects, the results, are identical. In other words, to be filled with the Spirit requires you to be filled with the Word. And to be filled with the Word... Requires you to be filled with the Spirit. So let's read Colossians 3:16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Richly, in all wisdom. So it's not just that Christ's word dwells in you; it means dwell in you richly. So you take the words of Jesus and you hide them in your heart, just as the psalmist said. My word have I hidden in your heart, that your word have I hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. This, The word of Christ is internalized. It's not just in your mouth, it's in your heart. And you take God's word to heart, you take Christ's words to heart... And you let it dwell in you richly. In other words, you let it penetrate the deepest part of your being. So when Jesus speaks to you, you receive his word. And you take that word in. And you let it take control of what's happening on the inside of you. You let it grip your motivations. You let it grip your attitudes. You let it grip your beliefs. You let it grip your thoughts. And then words which are consistent with that, are going to pour forth from your mouth. What is the effect of being filled with the word of Christ? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Notice how that's almost identical to what he says in Ephesians chapter 5. But this time he says... Don't be drunk with wine, verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So what he's saying here is if our heart is healed and if our heart is under the control of the Holy Spirit and if God's Word is working deeply, deeply in our heart, then it's going to have an effect. And the first fruits of that effect is that our mouth is going to be filled with good things. We're going to begin to bless one another. We're going to begin to teach one another, admonish one another. And we're going to do so as we're worshiping God and praising God. And our mouth is filled with blessing, not cursing. So what can we do about all of this? I, I, I know that when the Spirit comes, He will work in our lives. And I know as we meditate on the Word of God and take the Word of God and internalize it and practice it and live it out, then things are going to change from the inside out. But we also need to be conscious of cultivating a new pattern of speech. Not only do we need a heart transplant, not only do we need our hearts healed, but today we need some speech therapy. So, I am now your Holy Spirit anointed speech therapist. Are you ready? And the kind of speech patterns that we need to cultivate are speech patterns or patterns of speech in which we learn to bless, we learn to speak well of others. We need to learn to speak well of our situation and of our circumstances. Grumbling and complaining is a wilderness activity. It will keep you out the promised land. But when we learn to, to be grateful, to thank God for the good things, to know that even though not everything is as we wish... There is a lot of stuff that is happening for which we can be grateful, for which we can be thankful. Learning to be grateful, learning to be thankful, speaking good things, blessing, learning to bless and not to curse. And this has to be, we learn this in three dimensions. Got to cultivate this in three dimensions. First of all, we got to learn to cultivate blessing words to God that's the first fruit learn to bless learn to speak well of speak good things how do we do this with respect to God well we praise him in all circumstances hmm it's easy to praise him after the pay rise <laughs> hallelujah bless God bless God bless my soul and all. Oh, all that is within me as you go to the bank <laughs> but when you suffer a financial redress what's it like <laughs> <laughs> praise god bless god learn to thank him learn to worship him learn to be to fill your mouth with blessing oh it's so wonderful when blessing of God overflows I'm not talking about parrot type talking. I'm not talking about just how, where where people get to learn how to say the buzzword, how are you? Bless God, bless my soul, I am blessed and highly favored, glory to God. (laughs) And as soon as they finish that then the real talk starts coming up. But I, I like people who are so full of God, who are so full of joy. What they have to do is shake them out a little bit and good things come out. Try shaking up somebody who's got bitterness. You say, shake them out. <laughs> What's inside comes out. But when, but when just naturally, not in a religious kind of way, you know what I'm saying? But just naturally, your heart is so full of the blessing of God. Though no, you just have to look at you and praise comes out. I shake you up a bit, praise comes out. Whatever happens, you're praising God. And nothing drives the enemy m- more mad than when you praise God in all your situations, all your circumstances. Where are you today? Half of you probably are happy, half of you probably mad, I don't know what the proportion is. <laughs> half of you are going through good times, half of you are going through trouble times, but we all praise God together. <laughs> no matter what our circumstances bless the lord oh my soul and everything within me bless his holy name hallelujah when you are truly praising god and blessing god as the out of the overflow i'm not talking about faking it because you can't fake it Jesus had to speak, quote Isaiah, and speak to that generation and say, This people honor me with their lips, but their mouth, their heart. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're preaching better than me today. <laughs> this people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But when your heart is drawn close to God and you are full of God, you just can't help but praise Him. You can't help but bless him. Churchill apparently said during uh, one of his times, Churchill's full of witticisms, and he, he, he said this, one of his famous sayings was this, when the eagles are silent, the parrots begin to jabber. We need some more eagle talk. Not parrot talk. Not the jabber, jabber, jabber talk. But the eagle talk. The talk when we soar like eagles in the presence of God and we see things from His perspective, and no matter what happens, we're just so, so full of blessing and praising God. And when we do that, we join with the angels. Amen. The angels of heaven, they're always blessing God, they're not criticizing. They're saying, Have you seen that Colin die? <laughs> I don't know what's got into Colin die. <laughs> He hasn't worn a tie for six and a half years. <laughs> What's the matter with him? Uh, the, the angels aren't doing that. They are praising God. They're blessing God. And when you praise God, you join with the angels. You start talking heavenly talk. Yes. One time, long time ago, I heard the angels sing. I really did. I really did. And I, I was in my, in my house on my own. And I was praising God and singing, and uh, you know, when I sing, I sing in keys that aren't A, B, C, the, the key of H, there's keys, uh, there's keys in there that no musician has ever invented. I don't sing on the white notes, or even on the black notes, I somehow choose the notes in the middle, the cracks in the middle. But you know, I, <laughs> I believe it was heavenly music to the ears of God. God has got an (laughs) auto-tuner up in heaven, and I was singing and praising, and as I was singing and worshipping, it was as if I was being caught up into the spiritual realm, and I began to hear voices like, no, not, I don't need tablets, not that kind of voice. (laughs) I began to hear sweet choir. Oh, what a beautiful choir, and I was part of it, and I was singing, and And the voices were singing, and there was a—I could hear it with my ears—a heavenly choir singing and praising God. And and once in my life, it happened. Just once, I was aware of it. But every time we sing and praise God, we're going to do it before we leave this place again today. (laughs) When we sing and worship God, we are joining with the choirs of angels. And God says, oh, bless, oh, bless. No, come on, I mean it, bless. And when the more you're praising and blessing God, the blessing is chucking down on you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who heals all your diseases, who forgives all your iniquity, who satisfies your mouth with good things, who renews your... isn't that better than (laughs) that's the first direction bless God second direction bless other people speak well of them bless them build them up find the positive and praise God and bless them and encourage them one guy came to me and said I'm so discouraged he began to describe all the things that are happening to him I even felt discouraged And he said, I I think God has left me. There's nothing of God I can see anywhere around. And I said, I tell you what, I see so much of God in you. I'm trying to encourage him. And he said, well, what? I thought to myself, (laughs) what? i got to think of something now. And I said, oh, I know. You're here. (laughs) What do you mean? I said, it's God's spirit that brought you here. You're talking about this stuff. You are sharing your heart. And that's God's Holy Spirit. And you know what? That was the turning point for him. Because he realized that even though he'd messed up, double deluxe, messed up, and blew it big time, and he thought that everything was over, he was still showing up. He was still there. And he knew that wasn't him, but the Spirit of God in him. And I blessed him. Learn to speak well. Learn to bless. Your words have power. To bless, that's not just to say nice things, your hair looks nice today, well it actually does. <laughs> but to learn to bless with God's blessing. Learn to bless with the words of God because God's words spoken in faith out of a spirit-filled heart in your mouth are as powerful as the words coming out of God's own mouth. Amen. Amen. Finally, learn to speak well of yourself not talking about boasting, selfish ambition. Did you see that? Look at me. Look how wonderful I am. How wonderful am I? <laughs> yes, that's how, actually, I'm even more wonderful than that. That kind of boasting and attention-seeking means you, you, got, you need a healing. You need a healing. You need hands laying on you right now. Because... That's coming out of hurt, that's coming out of a sense of inferiority, that's coming out of self-loathing, that's coming out of insecurity. But when we are truly full of the Holy Spirit, we can in an accurate way speak good things over our lives. Negativity, self-negativity often comes from that kind of framework of thinking that that we've grown up with. All the negative things that have been spoken over us and we just become a tape recorder playing over and over again, I'm so horrible, I'm so miserable, it's never going to help me, we become spiritual (laughs) eors. if you don't know anything about, oh never mind, Pooh Bear, Eeyore, have you ever, come on, don't we have any children here today? Nobody remembered my birthday, (laughs) probably you wouldn't invite me to the party. Well, I tell you what, nobody's going to go to your pity party, cancel it, cancel it. Go to a joy party, go to a celebration party. Thank God for your life. I heard Bruce praying early on, you know, you you may have never known your father. Or your father may be somebody that is very hard to love, but your father gave you life. And God was in that. And you are here today because God loves you. And you take your opinion of yourself from what God says, not what anybody else says, good or bad, good or bad. You draw from the father of love and you say, God, you love me, oh, hallelujah, I receive that love, and you say, I am eternally loved, I am highly favored, I am greatly blessed in Christ, and you learn to speak those things, and you learn to say those things over your life, you learn to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will get through this because God will bring me through. Nothing, no one, not even me, can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. All things work together for good to those who love God, and that's me. I love God. And those who are called according to this purpose, I'm called according to the purpose of God. I refuse to let the devil distract me or destroy God's plan for my life. I speak good things over my life. I say, call and die, you will prosper. Speak over your life now. Prophesy over your life. Come on, don't just clap. Prophesy. Prophesy over your life. I will succeed in what God has called me to do. God loves me. God cares for me. He's going to give me the power to rise for the position and honor that He has for me in His kingdom. Amen and amen. You are learning to bless your life. You set your direction in the pathway of blessing. And you don't ever look back. Don't look back to the past. Oh, look at that, look at that. If you want to turn back, say, Surely goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You don't know how powerful your tongue is. You don't know that you can use this to bless and bring blessing and set direction in your life. That's why always, musicians, come back. I want to praise God. Come on, come back. That's why every message in this series I've quoted Psalm 19, verse 14. That's why, this is what I want you to take away with. Away with you. Psalm 19, 14. Make it your daily prayer. Work on it. Construct your life around it. Let the words, say it with me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart Be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. No man can tame the tongue, but he's our strength. He's our redeemer. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can learn to be people who bless and not curse. Let's all stand together.